Hello and welcome back to another episode of Behind Hauntings. I am your host, Brandon Fagan, and it is officially the best time of the year. It's October. It's pumpkin spice lattes and fucking candy corn and anything else that you could possibly imagine. It's here. I mean, for Christ's sakes, I ate pumpkin pie Pop-Tarts yesterday. Now, granted, they're pretty bad in terms of pumpkin flavor, but for a Pop-Tart, pretty solid. Yeah, that's what we have looking forward to. Um, obviously, while I'm recording this episode, I will be sipping on a pumpkin coffee. As you can hear. But that's not what this episode's about. This episode is about getting us in the mood for Halloween season, for spooky season, the best season of all. Obviously, this podcast is called Behind Haunting, so the goal behind this podcast is to be a horror podcast, an information podcast about horror. Um, so we're going to dive in to some Halloween stuff. What is Halloween? How did it start? Where did it come from? And then some of my favorite traditions, some of my favorite foods, activities, and of course, some of my favorite movies. And this week in the episodes on the episodes Instagram, I will be posting, um, it's kind of a screenshot of what I found on Facebook, actually what my fiance found on Facebook. Um, it's basically just a list of 31 horror movies for, I think, Netflix, Hulu, Shudder, and I want to say AMC. But anyway, I will be posting those. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. So Halloween. What is Halloween? Halloween, or Halloween, as some people call it, um or All Hallows' Eve, or All Saints' Eve, is a celebration observed in many countries. Obviously, being in America, it's a massive holiday here. Um, We got trick-or-treating, we got scary movies, we got hayrides, we got haunted houses, we got pumpkin spice out the ass. Doesn't matter what it is, everything's pumpkin spice. But it um, obviously is an observance of All Hallowtide, the time in the Liturgical year dedicated to remembering the dead, including saints, martyrs, and the faithful departed. So basically, it's kind of like Cinco de Mayo in Mexico, um, but for Western cultures. I know that is a very not really like on the nose comparison, but for those of you that just want a simple, hey, what is it like? It's it's similar. We're honoring the dead. Um, At least that was the main goal for Halloween. Now, as you know, um, the way that we celebrate it has nothing to do with honoring the dead here in America. Um, The main things we do, trick-or-treat, we get together for costume parties, make jack-o'-lanterns, lighting bonfires, apple bobbing, haunted attractions, like I said. Um, For us, it is more of a time to, as a kid, um, really enjoy and indulge in that, that fear that the the fear of the unknown dressing up as ghouls and goblins and everything else creepy and then when you get into high school and everything that it kind of turns into something that i think for most people it's just like a guilty pleasure you know what i mean you 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 watch your horror movies you go to the haunted hayride with your friends sometimes you don't really dress up you're too young to drink and party and have fun and then when you get into college i personally i think that's when halloween becomes the best other than like initial childhood trick-or-treating and costume because now's the time where 
you and all your buddies are getting dressed up in just the dumbest costumes of all time. I mean, a couple years ago, I was a gingerbread man, and I literally wrapped a loaf of bread around my neck because I have red hair, and I was a gingerbread man. And then that same weekend, I decided to be a used tampon. Um, so it's one of those times where you just get blacked out with your buddies, and you drink, and everybody dresses up. And you just have fun. And now, post-college, I'm in that time where you have to be a little bit more mature about what you're doing, how you're acting, yada, yada, yada. But for me now, um, I just love indulging in everything horror um, and pumpkin spice, for that matter. But that is kind of this, the life cycle here in America of Halloween and what it is and how it goes and what, what you do, you know what I mean? I mean, I think everybody can kind of relate to that, um, but yeah. But anyway, long story short, basically Halloween started as a way for us to remember the dead and departed, and now it's basically just a time for us to eat candy, drink alcohol, eat pumpkin pies, dress up, act like idiots, and have fun with our friends. Obviously, there's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot more religious stuff. There's a lot more history. But if I'm being totally honest with you, I think that kind of takes away from the fun and the excitement of what I'm trying to accomplish with this episode here. This is a let's think about Halloween and everything that we love about it in the month of October to get us in the right mood. So with that being said, let's get into some of the best activities to do during the month of October, baby. Let's go. Okay, first, obviously, scary movies. Doesn't get better than that. I mean, everything from The Nightmare Before Christmas to Hocus Pocus to the original Halloween. Yes, I'm talking the 1978 Michael Myers Halloween. It is by far one of the most goaded horror, Halloween horror-ish movies of all time. Now, granted, if you're watching it in 2021, it is not horror at all. But back in 1978, at least from what my parents said, it was one of the scariest movies to ever hit the theaters. <clears throat> but in my opinion, it's still one of the best movies for Halloween. That movie, more than anything, gets me in the mood. Good old Haddonfield, Illinois, getting like the perfect, like, coloring for fall i mean between the leaves and like the wind and just the overall filter on that movie i mean a1 a a1 but yeah obviously movies i personally that's number one to me um obviously you can watch them all year round but there's something about there just being this little this little this little hint of fall in the air you know that, that little nip you know the, the 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 way that the air smells in the morning and um now it's 70 degrees during the day and then 45 at night, 50 at night. You know, there's just something about watching a horror movie in that time period that just, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's all time. It just, it's the best. But obviously we got movies. What else, what else, what else is best about Halloween? You may ask. Oh, the food. Yep. The food. Okay. So whether you're talking, whether you're talking pumpkin pies, cinnamon rolls, um, pumpkin rolls, uh, apple cider, donuts. Um, I mean, literally anything and everything about the month of fall when it comes to food is the best. Okay, you got beef stew because you're just a little bit cold, but you're not too cold. You know, you don't want to, 
so don't get filled up too bad because you might need some room for for pumpkin patching and apple picking and, and all that good stuff so the food is it, it's pretty darn good but what gets me the most is the drinks alcoholic or non-alcoholic alcoholic preferably but obviously there are good alternatives for the alcohol first being coffee what is it coffee syrup coffee creamer whatever you want to call it the, the stuff that you put in your coffee to make it not taste like coffee because let's be totally honest not many of us like the taste of coffee unless you're between the ages of 18 to 23 and you're going through a oh i only drink cold brew phase which hey i did it too but now i realize eh, for an extra five calories or even zero calorie stuff i can make my my coffee tastes like pumpkin spice and everything nice so that is by far the number one pumpkin spice stuff for your coffee and then obviously i mean apple cider i mean come on it does not get better than apple cider i mean does it there's nothing really better than taking a bunch of apples crushing them up adding a bunch of sugar a little bit of water and some cinnamon and being like oh it's a healthy nutritious drink nothing healthy about it oh i guess kind of there's what is that vitamin c i don't know what i don't know what vitamin is in, in apples to be honest um but yeah that's a very good one and then let's see what else do we got oh yeah pumpkin beer pumpkin craft beer now, if you live in Pennsylvania, and if you live anywhere near Pittsburgh, you've heard of Icy Light Iron City Beer. Down here in Pittsburgh, it's the best, right? No, it's fucking terrible. But they do make one of the best, they do make one of the best pumpkin beers I've ever tasted in my entire life, and that is called Blockhouse. So if you can find Blockhouse, it's in an orange label, um, and it has like an old building, it has the Icy Light Beer building on the label, but it is some of the best beer i've ever had in my entire life all right so we got movies we got food beer drinks but the thing that really takes the cake really is the epitome of what october and spooky season and halloween is is all the activities that you kind of are forced into doing if you have a significant other um but if we're all being totally honest, we like them the most out of anything else that we have to do the entire year. If I'm being totally honest, that's just me being totally honest. Like, everybody's like, oh, I hate, I hate going to the apple apple picking and going to the pumpkin patch. Bro, no. No. Now, granted, if it is 75 degrees, I'm not putting on jeans, boots, and a flannel. I've done that before, and it's fucking miserable. Because you're just standing in an open field with the sun beating down on you and 75 and jeans and a flannel even though it's fall and there is that little bit of also good feeling in the air it is horrible and i mean deplorably hot so as much as i do love that don't try getting us to go if it's 75 degrees out plan for a day where it's 65 i mean if it's the last weekend in october then it's the last weekend in october you can wait to get your basic pictures until then i'm guilty of it too i love the basic pictures but i don't want to like I'm, I'm there to have a good time i'm there to feel in the fall spirit and if i'm sweating the whole time you know what i'm not gonna do have a good time i'm just being honest i'm not but that is probably one of my 
top 10 favorite things to do throughout the entire year. As long as it's not a thousand degrees. <clears throat> and then what else do we have? Oh, what else do we have, Brandon? You may be asking. Corn mazes. Haunted corn mazes. The worst. Do they get you in the spooky season? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I mean, there's really no way up around it. You're in the middle of a field that you've never been in um, with a bunch of strangers dressed up that you don't know. They could possibly kill you if they want to, but, you know, it's just... And, uh, you know, it's almost impossible to get out of, and it does not matter if you do it at 3 p.m. in the daytime on a Saturday or you do it at 11 p.m. Because either way, it's terrifying. It's just a different level of terrifying. Because personally, I think being in the middle of a cornfield by myself at 3 p.m. in the middle of the day is probably worse. Because I can see everything that I'm hearing. But I also can't because we're in a fucking cornfield. But yeah, awesome. Love it. A1. For spooking me the hell out, it's great. For actual enjoyment, four out of ten. And then we have the haunted hay ride. Which, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, or because I'm getting more cynical, or just, or if the quality has gone down over the years. But I feel like, when I was like, in early college, late high school, like, those were actually like scary. Like, the dude jumping up and doing the chainsaw thing, and all that, and then like, them popping up behind you and doing that whole creepy thing. Like, to me, that was like, kind of cool, and a little bit scary, you know what I mean? And now I just feel like it's so... I mean, I guess it's been the same thing for 10 years, but it just doesn't have that feel that it did before. Still love it. Still love it. Um, but yeah, it's just not, it's not what it used to be. And then we have the infamous haunted houses. Um, if you're like me, you try to go to at least two to three every single October. Now, if I'm being totally honest, I would love to go to a different one every Friday and Saturday in October. Actually, the last week of September, really, because that's technically October, if we're being honest. The only problem with that is, you know, there's just not a lot of great ones. I mean, there's there's good ones, but then there's also, like, horrible ones, like, not really I mean, I just don't know how to, how, to, how to put it. But those are those are probably the best. Okay, so originally when I decided to make this episode, I was just going to give a rundown and get everybody in the Halloween spirit. But now that we've discussed everything that Halloween's about and the likes and dislikes and all the great things, how could I leave you guys without a story? So... With that being said, um, this is not an original story, although reading it, it did feel quite familiar, and I don't know why. It was it was kind of odd, if I'm being totally honest, but um, I'm going to get into a story from Creepypasta for those of you horror fans. If you are unaware of what Creepypasta is, I mean, it's one of the, probably like the pinnacle of horror. I mean, they have everything from stories, movie reviews, video reviews, TV show reviews, everything um, and original stories, and you can submit stories if you'd like to do that as well. But, anyway, let's get into my haunted house. I had what many people would call a warped childhood. Many children are raised on nursery rhymes, fairy tales, and Dr. Seuss. And while my childhood did have those memories, my mother included another genre in my, in my sister's upbringing. Horror. 
I cannot count the number of times my, when my sister and I were reading some of Stephen King's short stories for bedtime rather than more common stories such as Popsy. Um, that was always my favorite. I grew up watching the classic horror movies and being told ghost stories many times when I was told this and asked why I had a lot of nightmares as a child, but the truth is, it was quite the opposite. I was not afraid of the boogeyman or ghosts. To me, ghosts and goblins were simply fictional creatures and that were only in books, movies, and stories told around campfires. The horror genre was just simply a part of my life. I loved the feeling of being scared so naturally. Halloween was clearly one of my favorite times of year. I remember one Halloween, many years ago when I was young, but not so young that I don't have the first-hand memories of the events that were soon to follow. There was a Halloween attraction that was running just down the street from our house. It had been going on every Halloween for a few years, but my parents had never let me and my sister go before. And then, one year, we were finally given permission out of nowhere to go see the haunted house attraction. The attraction was built into an old abandoned manor house, just the sort of place where you would expect a Halloween attraction to be built. I remember it being very excited as I waited outside of the house because a lot of the people that were coming out were raving about how scary it was, and I was highly anticipating having my own time inside. Like most Halloween attractions, they let the people inside the house in small groups. My sister and I were only children. The attendants at the door made sure that we put we were put in the same group as our parents. Finally, we stepped inside. Inside, it could have been any haunted house in America in the 90s. Full of fake fog, grease painted actor colors, or grease painted actors, I wasn't overly scared because my mother had always reminded me that the actors are not allowed to touch you weren't we all told that as kids but I jumped and screamed and along with everyone else when a monster jumped out of the hidden nooks and crannies of the house eventually we made our way down to the basement which had been changed into a stereotypical mad doctor setting common in a lot of haunted houses needless to say there was a lot of fake blood everywhere but I'll never forget the basement because something seemed just a little out of place Sometimes even the most normal things can be diabolical if you put them in a different perspective. It's something you see in a few modern ghost hunting shows and B-shots. There was nothing that immediately jumped out as something evil. There was just certainly nothing like the exorcist having to tip me off that something was wrong. It was a simple sight, but that made it much more unnerving because I, I, it stood out against the overt horror backdrop of the decorated room. In the midst of the bloody carnage of the mad doctor's operating room, I remember an old woman was sitting in the far corner of the room. She looked to be in her 80s, had thin and gray hair, and was very thin. I'd be lying to myself if I told you it didn't scare the shit out of me, and it might have been one of the best attractions. At the time, I didn't have much understanding of the effects of different physical ailments can have on a person, but looking back on it now, I would say she was the victim of a bad stroke. Sometimes a bad stroke will leave the person with one side of their face paralyzed, and that's exactly what happened to her. One side of her face was drooping and saliva was leaking out of the corner of her mouth. She was talking, yelling at us as we passed. Her words were badly slurred because of the paralyzed face, but I could make out what she was yelling. Stop. Get out. Over and over and over. Stop. Get out. Over and over and over. Even passing through the basement and going out the other side, I could still hear her screaming in that awful slurred way up the stairs. I was extremely disturbed by the sight of the old woman, but as I got away from her, I began to feel better. 
She was obviously an actor who was working for the attraction. Most of the attraction worked on jump scares, and she was obviously there to cater more to the psychological horror. Well, in any case, it worked. It certainly worked on me. We emerged into the night once again and got an, an instant sense of relief that makes horror so addicting. The we survive moment, my sister and I instantly began to talk about what was her favorite part, what was my favorite part. An actor who jumped out of her, added her in a werewolf costume had been her favorite. When it came to my turn to share, I could think of nothing besides the old woman that I had seen in the basement and I proceeded to tell my, my family. What woman in the basement, Ashley, my mother asked. Shocked, I began to describe as well as I could at what I had seen. When I finished, my mother said that she hadn't seen any woman fitting the description down in the basement, and the rest of the family agreed with her. I put the incident out of mind, like I said, and I didn't believe in ghosts and didn't believe that they were real. I tried to rationalize why we had missed, why they had missed the old woman in her screams. Each attempt to do so was more pathetic than the last, but I knew the ghost couldn't be real. The next year, I was eager to step foot in the old manor again, but I was horrified to discover that the haunted attraction had been shut down and would not be opening again. Since I lived so close to the haunt, a few of my friends in the neighborhood had taken up jobs and I asked them what, ha what had made it closed. A few people that would talk to me told me the old manor was really haunted with real ghosts and that too many people were refusing to work there because the paranormal activity that was just getting out of hand. Their stories ranged from objects moving on their own to apparitions to even physical attacks against the living that entered certain parts of the house. I laughed it off. People were just letting the atmosphere of Halloween and the haunt mess with them, right? It was probably just a couple of pranksters messing with the workers, but no matter how much I tried to explain the workers about how it could be a couple of jokers messing around, they kept insisting that it was impossible for that to be any part of human activity. But even as I tried to convince them, I couldn't help but remember the old woman I had seen in the basement. I was kind of nervous about the whole thing and wanted more information. These few days, you can look up anything. These days, you can look up anything on the internet and have an answer in seconds. But in the 90s, it was not like that at all. Few people had the internet, and if you did, you were very well off. My family was not well off. So the only thing that I had, other than the internet, was my mother. I asked her about the old manor house. At first, she was reluctant to tell me, which unnerved me more than anything because she had never shied away from telling us things of that nature before. Finally, she told me what she knew. The manor started as a private residence built in 1922, but the original owner lost the house in foreclosure. After that, it became a san sanitarium, which is something like a small hospital, just by virtue being a hospital in the area where it was the only hospital around at the time, a lot of people passed away inside the walls. In fact, there are some reports that say that there were at least one death a day within those walls during this time. But that was not even the part that my mother was reluctant to tell me. She told me that afterwards it was turned into a nursing facility and that they would take care of sick older people just like the woman I had seen during the walkthrough. But the records of abuse that came out of the place were numerous. Many employees confessed that they quit soon after being hired because of the vast amount of malpractice and other horrible things that had happened. My mother remembered all this because she, it was in the newspapers, it was going on, and the community made it a massive ordeal. 
It made me feel a little bit sick to think about how these people, those human beings, were being treated in that horrible place. After all that, a local legend has long said that the building was haunted by the tortured souls of people who died in horrible conditions there. The man who built the Halloween attraction there knew of the history and the legends surrounding the place and built the attraction with the sole purpose of playing off of these stories. It was then that I knew that I had seen a ghost of a woman who had died in the building. She just wanted to spend her afterlife in peace, but instead, every year, she and fellow ghosts were interrupted by the living storming through their place in thousands, turning the situation into a joke. And for the first time ever, I began to treat ghosts and spirits not as fictional creatures, only meant to frighten and scare, but as real physical manifestation of a force that humans are capable of not understanding yet. The house to this day continues to be a hotspot for paranormal activity. The owner lets in local paranormal group at least once a week, every Friday night, to do an investigation. Several ghost-themed television shows have filmed at the location. One even brought a psychic medium who claims that the years the house spent as a Halloween attraction has forever scared the house and spirits who reside there. One thing is for sure, I'm not a lot. I know now to be a lot more careful about checking the history of a Halloween haunt before I go. Ghosts are everywhere, of course, but I'll never go to a place that has such a sad history attached to it. And I haven't been able to get scared inside a Halloween attraction since. I don't scream, jump, or run away as the actors jump out at me. Nearly all my friends have commented on the bravery in the face of Halloween attractions, but I'm not brave, not really. It's just a lack of fear because uh, it's hard to get scared by actors and makeup when you've been through and seen the real thing. Dun, dun, dun. That is going to conclude the final little part of this episode. And that is going to conclude this episode in total. So that is our first episode in the month of October. I'm not making any promises. I'm not giving you a schedule, but the hope is to get more uploaded this month. Um, like I said, life and everything is busy. Uh, it's hard to do this as a part-time thing, but I will try my best. The next episode I plan to go over is Malignant. For those of you that have not seen it, I implore you to go see it, whether you see it in the movie theater or I believe it's on HBO Max. Go see Malignant because we're getting into that and everything that involves that. There will be a spoiler warning, but just be aware that is what the next episode will be. So again, I thank you guys for listening to Behind Hauntings. Feel free to follow on Instagram to look at those lists of horror movies. Um, and I will see you guys on the next one.